All right, another episode of ancient. Wait, what, what do we say? Ancient ways for modern days. Okay, we'll start that over again. All right, another episode of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. I'm Andrew, and with me today is always Mike Freeman. All right, Mike, how are you doing today? I am having a great morning. Are you? Yeah. Oh, In okay. fact, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but we had an early morning visitor today. Oh, okay. Uh, Stephen Klukas dropped off his son, Lachlan, and Lachlan's hanging out with Jessica this morning while uh, he and Jessica are at work, so... We've got oh. a little, ba- little baby in the house. I got to hold him a little bit and, and hang out with him before I came in. I love that. I love that we, as a community, we are just just creating these webs of support. I like that the, the Kalukas are dropping off their four-month-old baby. Yeah, it's pretty hey, fun. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, Lachlan's such a cute kid. He smiles okay. so much. Yeah. He's a smiley boy. He he is. I'm, I'm excited to meet him like in the sense of like when he starts to develop a personality with the way his parents are i'm gonna they're gonna be he's gonna be such a cool nerd i just know this i just know this that's right steven and jessica if you're listening to this i called you out yeah so that's cool man so mike we have not recorded since early november slacking i know what's wrong with us man we're 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 slacking but we're, we're gonna address that later but man we have so much to catch up on right because we've had let's see we've had convention and then we had thanksgiving thanksgiving and black friday and there was a couple of events that happened in there i was sick for a couple of weeks that's right you, you uh, were traveling. thought you were gonna die oh my gosh you were down for like a, almost a week yeah so okay so there was that third there was that wednesday that we were having just normal normal staff day or whatever yeah. and i was gonna speak at teenagers yep i went down to the house to eat lunch <clears throat> i started driving back up here to speak as I drove up, it just hit me. Yeah. I got flush. I got nauseated. I like the room was spinning while I was driving and I was like, oh my gosh. So I got here and I was just letting you know I wasn't feeling good, but I was going to try to like muscle through it. Yeah. And you were like, no, no, go home. Go home. Yeah. And the moment you told me to go home, I, I lost it. I had to run to the bathroom real quick. And I was like, well, good call, Mike. Yeah. I went home. I laid in bed. I didn't get out of bed until like Friday night. Yep. That was the gr- so what's the, one of the reasons why we haven't recorded in a while and if that was too much information for you I'm sorry but that's that's my life yeah so so there's been holidays there's been yeah. sickness and uh, and you know what there's more holidays coming so we're, and hopefully less sickness hopefully less sickness yes yeah so Mike how was your Thanksgiving man and we had a great Thanksgiving my parents came down one of my brothers came up we had a really nice day we uh, we feasted we we ate well we played that game where you wrap one gift in okay. like eight. Eight or nine different boxes, and people have to roll dice and uh, and wear oven mitts trying to unwrap it. And the last per- or the first person that unwraps the final package, okay, it's kind of like uh, you know, like egg. What is it? Like those Russian eggs? It's yeah, yeah, like, a Russian nesting doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so we had a good time, man. That's awesome. Fun. Lots of laughter. Okay, so actually, now that we're talking about gifts, and so there's there's a burning question that I have for you, Mike. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? Do I have like singular, like one? At least one. I don't know. You so since I've known you, you have you have alluded to this idea that you are a mischievous youth minister. But yeah. I've known you as my boss, who's pretty straight laced, who can get kind of mischievous here and there. And there's a part of me that wonders: Are you? Are, do you have an ugly Christmas one? So, so I have a I have a, a ugly Christmas T-shirt. Okay. I have a homemade ugly Christmas sweater from a few years ago. Okay. Jess, uh, she bought me a backup one this last week because they were on sale at Fred Meyer. 
because I have ordered a brand new one and uh, and I don't think it's going to get here in time for our first. So we've got a few ugly Christmas parties we're going to. Okay. And I don't think it's going to get here in time for the one this Sunday, which is tragic because it is incredible. Not even, did you get on Amazon? Amazon has one day. You know what? One the Amazon ones, were, they, they did not qualify for what I was looking for. I, I had to find this specialty okay. uh, sweater. Okay. It is really beautiful. That's awesome. I've told Vinny about it. Actually, I've seen, I've shown him a picture of it. But uh, he and Jess are the only ones that have seen this. Okay, so you, I thought maybe you didn't have game, but you actually have way more game than I do. I just have one Christmas okay. sweater that I wear, and I actually have to get rid of it because I, I think it's a little inappropriate, just because it, it alludes to a YouTube video that I thought was hilarious. But then the other day, I realized, oh man, I don't want kids watching this YouTube video gotcha. and I'm kind of broadcasting it on my chest. I wore it to church for the last few years and uh, people thought it was funny and no one's ever said anything to me, but it just dawned on me that if I have a kid go and watch on it, go watch this video, I'm like, oh, I don't want that. So you growing in wisdom. I'm trying to. I'm trying. Man. So so I need to get a new Christmas sweater, but man, I'm excited that you have multiple ones. Didn't last year, didn't you have a Christmas overcoat? You know, I do. Actually, it's the full suit. Oh, you have oh, so you had the full on suit. So Jessica found that at uh, it was like the day after Christmas, like eighty percent off. Okay, and I wore it to uh, Friday school last to year. Friday school this year. Oh, okay. A few like a month ago, I wore it. There was like a dress up day. Okay, and instead of just doing like a regular dress up, I wore my uh, my Christmas. That's awesome. Jacket. It, it lights up. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Dan, one of our deacons, wore. A jacket, like a Christmas jacket, I think to services the other day. Yeah. I loved it. I love our church. He's been wearing it everywhere. <laughs> really? <laughs> I love that he's starting a I've seen him wearing it like business. three different places now. Okay. He's a general contractor, right? He's he's trying to start that business. I yeah. like the idea that he's going and giving people bids yeah. in that. <laughs> I hope he is. Dan, I hope you are. I want to see pictures of that. So cool, man. I it's it's been good. Christmas, I'm excited for it. This year, uh, I've had minimal Christmas parties. I'm actually excited about that. I had one Friendsgiving, one actual Thanksgiving. I was sick for our church's Thanksgiving. One gift exchange that I missed between our staff party. Yeah. Did you get those, by the way? I did. Okay. I fell in love with whatever it is that I ended up with. It's a hot dog maker. Yeah. Right? So you put the hot dog and the buns in essentially a toaster, and it makes everything. I don't know what it is. I love hamburgers. Like that's one of my all-time favorite foods. But like an all beef frank is the most perfect snack for me, and I was excited to to have that. Have you used it yet? I have. It just sits on my counter. Okay. And uh, I've been trying to eat well, but in the last week or so, I've been kind of like, whatever. Let's just eat whatever. So you know what? Today I will. I'll go buy some Hebrew National Boom. hot dogs and just have at it. Boom. So, but yeah, I I don't know. This the Christmas season is so busy sometimes. To go from social event to social event to social event. Because you have, you know, you probably get it. Like you have different circles mm -hmm. that want to do different things. So you're trying to just fit in everything. But I'm excited that this year for me, like I've kind of dialed it back. And uh, that's been that's been good for my heart. <laughs> good for you, man. So, but yeah. So, Mike, what what else is going on in your world, man? You've, you're all moved in. Yeah. Yeah, we're moved in. We're, we're actually, um, most nights we're... Um, doing some really nice family devotions right now. We're reading through a book called Bartholomew's Passage, which is connected to the bigger Jotham's journey stuff. We've talked about it, I think, on the podcast before. We did. We before. talked about that in October, and, uh, yeah. And so this is, I mean, that's one of my favorite things is when we just consistently, I mean, we're like at 
you know, five nights a week right now. That's awesome. Saturday nights are a little hard with, uh, with being Services, or, or yeah. and sometimes Sunday nights are hard with group and stuff, but, but we're pretty consistent and, uh, getting the family together in the room and candlelights on and, and reading through a story and praying. And we've been singing, we've been teaching our kids, uh, to memorize, Oh, come let us adore him, the Christmas hymn. And they're loving that. So it's a good season for us, man. Cool. How goes, uh, how goes holiday shopping for you? Is that, has that been? Yeah. So we, we're, we're we, we don't do a ton of holiday shopping. That's true. Yeah. And, and what we do, we kind of divide and conquer. Okay. And so I guess our kids aren't going to listen to this, so they don't know this, but we, uh, they all wanted one item together okay. as their want item. And so that's taken care of. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's solid. Uh, I get to decide what um, we're going to buy them to read. And so I'm, okay. I've got to do that this week or next week. I've got to move on that before shipping days get close. Okay. But, but the other stuff Jessica's taken care of, and I think it, we're, we're pretty close to done. That's good. That's good. I tried this year. We're trying to take a page out of what you had talked about last year, just trying to keep things simple. So I have bought my family all of them something something to read, whether it's like a cookbook or a small devotional or something like that. It's just something small. But I've been trying to find a space heater for my f- my stepdad because he has he has a big shop in we have some property over in the eastern side of Washington, mm-hmm. and he just built a shop and it's it's huge, but it's over on eastern Washington. It's cold and he doesn't have and and I can't like I want to surprise him because he surprised me every year. Okay, and I've been trying to fish for information without giving it away that I'm doing something but he's yeah he is astute man okay and so and the only reason why i know he needs this is because he made a he made an offhand comment one day about a heater in at the church one time and so i just yeah but it's been hard because i don't know if he has electricity i don't know if he has it's been it's been hard trying to find a heater that won't kill him because i found a heater that will work but it needs to be in a well-ventilated area yeah and so that it's the shops you can't have that so that's been hard but on Black Friday, uh, there's a you know those sunglasses that you make fun of me for wearing, those cool those cool ones. <laughs> I don't remember which ones. Okay, <laughs> every time I wear them, you're always like, "Oh, look at you being Mr. Cool Guy over there." And I'm always, "Oh like, no, yeah. that's a sincere comment." Oh okay. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, that company had a had a fifty percent off sale on Black Friday, so I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll just buy a couple extra pairs. They're cheap, and so like I'll just have them stashed away for when mine inevitably break." I'll have some that I bought at a cheaper price or whatever. Yeah. There won't be a lack of swag. Oh, no. No. If anyone brings swag around this church, I'm trying really hard to be the guy with swagger. So I was like, oh, yeah. My brother is getting LASIK surgery pretty soon here. He's he's been wanting this for for years. And because of that, he's never had a pair of sunglasses because he always has to wear his prescription glasses that shade or whatever. So I was like, oh, I know there are some. uh, They're called William Painters. That he wanted William Painters. These are supposed to be like they're they're aerospace titanium. They're crazy. Like like the the advertisement says these are the last pair of sunglasses you'll ever need because they're just almost indestructible. Okay. It didn't dawn on me that that also means how expensive they are. So I was like, yeah, I'll buy some sunglasses. I got myself some sunglasses for twenty bucks. How much are these? Oh my gosh. They are ten times more expensive than what I was looking at for myself. I hope that kid appreciates them because they, I got them because on Black Friday they were 50% off. So they were still like, I think 120 bucks. So I got to make sure that he listens to this podcast before Christmas. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. He doesn't listen to podcasts, so <laughs> it'll be fine. So so if anyone's listening that knows him, do not spoil the Don't, don't spoil But also, like, he's pretty smart. I'm pretty sure he'll figure it out before, gotcha. before that even happens. But I'm excited to give that to him because, like I said, he's getting his eye surgery done, and I'm hoping that'll be like, hey, now you can wear sunglasses. I got you a pair of sunglasses that you've been you've been waiting for so how cool so yeah i mean that was that's been the extent of my holiday shopping but should we actually that's that's since we're talking about the holidays i I think we could pivot into today's topic if you're if you're ready for that absolutely yeah so yeah the other day you pitched the idea of talking about the holiday blues and i love the idea about talking about that i I know what that is. I can, I see it around. As a matter of fact, like I've I've dealt with that. I alluded to that actually last week in the message that I got to preach. But I think that is a timely thing and something that we should address as as Christians. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, before we like as we jump into that, would you mind like could you define what are the holiday blues for yeah. people who don't know what that is? Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Like Christmas is a time where we're celebrating Jesus's his advent, his coming, his birth, right? Yeah, And even the announcement of his birth, you have the angels, this is the passage that you handled this last week, they say in, in Luke chapter 2, they say, fear not, for behold, we bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And so we talk about this is the most wonderful time of the year, and this is a season of joy, and it really it, it is, and there's a lot of beauty, and there's a lot of joy, and there's a lot of good, but in the middle of that, there, there's a lot of uh, pressure, there's there a lot of tension. Yeah. And you combine that with the reality that holidays are hard for folks. I mean, holidays remind me, they probably remind you of people that no longer are with us, right. that have passed away. So there's a lot of times there's memories and, and loss starts to feel uh, acutely like in, intense during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, they, they go through the holidays with a lot of loneliness. Right. Um, there's a lot of financial burden that comes at the holidays. I mean, you talk about, you know, buying things for people and, and a lot of people feel that pressure to buy things for lots of people. And right. if you don't have the money, you end up going into debt and, mm-hmm. and that's not good for a soul. That's not good for um, a, an attitude that that's not good for a life, a mind. It causes right. stress. Um, and especially like here in the Northwest, like we have seasonal affective disorder, right? Which because there's not as much sun, like people's bodies, they crave vitamin D and, and it affects them uh, physically, emotionally, psychologically. And so all of those, all those factors combined um, equal what, what oftentimes is called the holiday blues. Yeah, because it goes with the idea of expectations. We, if we're expected to be joyous, then, then you feel like I need to measure up to this. But then all the other expectations kind of bring letdowns. I, I, you, you pitched this idea and it made me think about just the things that I deal with. You, you talked about knowing people of holidays uh, who, who are dealing with loss. And even I, I shared this in the message last week that like around the holidays, if you don't make it about gifts, oftentimes people make it about family. And for me, especially like the first few years after my parents divorced, uh, it was just a reminder yeah. that my family was not whole. It was a new trajectory. It was a new balancing act. I was spending a certain time with my dad, a certain time with my mom. And it, it just actually, if anything, I felt like it just compounded the idea that like we're not whole together. This is harder than it needs to be. Um, and it, it did make me sad for a, a lot of a lot of things. And it, it has a lot to do with just expectations and stuff. So from a Christian's perspective, why is this relevant for us, right? Because I thought as Christians, we're supposed to be joyous. That's, that's some people would think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, 
statistically, right, one in five people, they, uh, they experience depression. One in 10, they experience a panic attack at, at some stage in their life, right? And so these are, you just statistically, these are, these are numbers that across the board, Christian or non-Christian alike. Um, the last number I heard is 121 million are, people are estimated to be suffering from depression uh, worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe that stat's wrong and maybe that's supposed to say in America. I'll double check that. Um, but what I looked up, just these brief statistics say this is, this is real. This lands right in our lap. This is, lands right in our church. And Christians, oftentimes we, we think we have to have false, a false perspective of what depression is or how to deal with it, right? So, that, so let's go back to the idea of the tension then. Because you said earlier there's a tension. And that's the idea that we are called or there's this expectation to be joyous. Mm-hmm. But really at the same time, a lot of us are dealing with sadness yeah. or depression, Okay, and that's the tension. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes we'll put on a mask. That's one of the false ways of dealing with it, right? Yeah. To say, yeah. oh, you're a Christian, so you never get depressed or you're never sad, right? That's, that's in some circles, that's a legitimate way of explaining away depression, right? And you're not supposed to do this at all. You're not supposed to feel this way. And, and that's, that's not fair at all. That's not, that, very, that's that's not, not how biblical. It no, it's not biblical. Yeah. And so other ways people look at it or other perspectives that are false is some people say, well, if you're depressed there, there's clearly sin. So it's always a sin issue. There's always something you're doing wrong. There's always this, this, you know, you need to repent of. And, and we talk about repentance a lot. Yeah. We probably need to repent more than we have. Like there's always repentance in our life that, that needs to be worked through. Right. Um, but to say the root of anything negative in your life that you feel is because of your sin. That's not a clear picture. That, that's not fair. Um, and, and so that, that's if the, there's a pendulum swinging one way, if it goes all the way to the other way, the other way to look at it is it's, it's always a physical issue. It's always because of a, a chemical imbalance. The solution is always medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think what we want to remind people of today is, is it's, it's, not, it's not so static. It's much more dynamic. Right. And so there are both spiritual, physical, intellectual aspects of all of this. I mean, we are complicated beings. And, and so when it comes to dealing with holiday blues, when it comes to dealing with depression, anxiety, we've got to look at it from every angle and bring solution to bear uh, uh, from, from every source of help. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into the source of help, then like let's dive a little bit further into the false ways of people dealing with it. Cause I know we put on, we talked about putting on masks, um, but there are, there's a lot of other things I've observed just even as being a pastor. And I'm sure you've seen that when people are sad or depressed, and I, I think, are we, are we in this podcast drawing a distinction between sad and depressed? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Um, when people are like that, I think there are some really unhealthy ways uh, <laughs> of dealing with that. Um, before we recorded, you, you also, you talked about things like, uh, one of the things you talked about was self-medicating, mm-hmm. right? So let's let's talk about that because like self-medicating and then taking care. Like, we're not saying medication is wrong, but the idea of self-medication is like essentially like drinking away your problems. Yeah, right. Or, but in in my opinion, though, it's almost uh, doing whatever it takes to get that dopamine hit, just that you can cope with whatever that is. Because like I don't, I'm not a drinker, but I can tell you that like uh, for me. A form of self-medication is uh, video games, mm-hmm. because sometimes, like, just that that same stimulus that I get in my in my brain is the same stimulus that some people get from watching TV or anything. I just kind of sink away from reality 
and just cope with yeah. with that kind it's of stuff. It's escaping. Yeah, escape. Right? I'm going to escape whether it's through something like drinking or drugs or I'm going to escape through something like entertainment. Maybe it's video games for you, it might be sports for someone else. Mm-hmm. Right? It might be reading, you know, fiction for someone else. It it, it might be uh, excelling in your work for someone else. Like I'm going to escape the reality of my life or my thoughts or my emotions and I'm just going to go and invest myself completely into this thing over here mm-hmm. and it some of them are more approved socially than others, but at the end of the day, it's actually not dealing with the the inner being, the soul, right? right? And we're not saying like sports, video games, those things are in and of themselves are bad things, but when they're used to not address in a healthy way what's going on in our hearts, that's, we're robbing ourselves Mm -hmm. of some things. Um, You you listed some other ways of false ways to address it. Do you you remember what those those were? What were you thinking? Uh, Things like masking it. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. as well too, because sometimes. So I think about self medicating in my brain that illustrates someone who is withdrawn, but I also think there are people who, uh, and I'm painting with a broad brush right now, but like I, maybe the extrovert will go be with people, mm-hmm. but just throw on a happy face and just use the energy of others mm-hmm. just to get through what's going on, and so maybe they uh, they are they're just putting on a, a mask and just going on and doing whatever they have to do. Yeah, sometimes people spiritualize that mask too and they make it so they only care about other people and they never reveal about what's going on in their life. Right, I've actually, I've, I have friends that, that we've talked through that. Like they're so protected of themselves and the way they protect themselves is just constantly like, well, how are you and what's going on in your life and, and how can I be praying for you and how can I serve you yet inside they're dying. We call that deflection. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> see that all the time. Right, and and we're not saying that you should go and just start spewing your guts to anyone and everyone. You should have prudence and discretion, mm-hmm. and who you talk to. But uh, it, it is, man, it's so healthy to be able to talk through those things, share, and to be to pray with and address address well, issues, and then to admit that there's something really going on. Right, and this is where we get back to the scripture, right? Because you look at the scripture, and there are examples all over the place of godly men and women really in a sense raising their hand saying it's not right with my soul there, there's something going on here that is not good mm-hmm. right i mean you, you go let's just list some of them off right you have moses in numbers chapter 11 when when he here's what he says verse 14 and 15 he says i am not able to carry all of this people alone the burden is too heavy for me he's speaking to god here he says if you treat me like this kill me at once if I find favor in your sight, that I might not see my wretchedness. He's he's saying to God, I can't carry this anymore. I am overwhelmed by life. I would rather that you take me out right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, That's in the Bible. That's, that's, great. that's Moses, right? That's Moses, a leader of the Israelites, mm-hmm. redeemer, purveyor of of, of freedom for, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a... Uh, Hannah in, in the book of Samuel, first Samuel chapter, uh, chapter one, this is a woman who has no children. She wants children. She's praying for children. She's desiring them, right? Verses, uh, three through eight. Here's what it says. It says, therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, he said to her, check this out. This is not the right thing to say to your wife, right? He, here's what he says. Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? And he tries to brighten up her day. He says, am I not more to you than 10 sons? 
right? So he's kind of disconnected maybe from reality. And, and I think his, he's sincere here. He's, his heart's in a good spot. But this is a, a woman who desires children, doesn't have any. And he's like, well, you got me at least, right? Um, and then uh, you have verse 16 of that same, uh, same chapter when she is talking to uh, what Eli, right? And he thinks that she's intoxicated when she's really just praying in grief. And here's what she says. Do not think that I'm a wicked woman for I have been praying out of much anguish and sorrow. Right? So this is a gal just saying, I'm, I'm carrying so much burden. I, my heart is sick because of my life situation. Right? Yeah. So you have Moses, you have Hannah. We can talk about Jeremiah. He, he basically says the same thing like God kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to Jesus, right? Yeah. And we think about Jesus. Jesus, how, how perfect was Jesus, Andrew? I mean, he was pretty perfect. <laughs> I mean, he's up there with the greats. <laughs> he, he is perfect. And yet he acknowledges the crippling sorrow of the human experience. John 16, right? He's preparing for his betrayal, his arrest, his crucifixion. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. He's talking to his disciples. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy, anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now. They're going to be without him. He says, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. So he's saying to his disciples, you're going to be sorrowful when you see what happens to me. Right? Yeah. I mean, imagine if you were his disciple following him three years and thinking this is Messiah, probably having some false expectations of what that would look like. And he's preparing them because what are they going to see? They're going to see him arrested yeah. and crucified. Um, and then you have Jesus praying, Luke 22, 39 through 46. He says, he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he, he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away, and he knelt down, prayed, saying, Father, if you were willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. I mean, Jesus here. I believe is experiencing more stress than we could have ever experienced. Right. We, we have stressful situations. He is, he is willingly preparing to go to the cross and he's saying, God, if there's any other way, father, if there's any other way, and he knows there's not, he he's, he's in such anguish that he's sweating drops of blood. And then he goes to see his, his best friends who are supposed to be there praying with him. And instead of finding their support and their prayer and them having his back, what does he find? He finds them sleeping. Yeah. Right? I mean, just picture this. This is the perfect sinless son of God and his soul is in anguish. Right? And so when we today, 21st century America, we look at each other as Christians and say, oh, you shouldn't be depressed. Well, you shouldn't have sorrow. 
You should only experience joy. There, there, there's nothing wrong with you. How honest are we really being? Not honest at all. And, and how helpful are we really being? Right. Not helpful at all. You, you, you brought up the example of Hannah and Elkanah, and I, I wrote down this, this, this phrase that I actually ran into this last week. Um, I, I'm going to use the phrase, I, I, but our culture throws around the word toxic really easily. I'm not really big on that, but this is just the phrase I ran into, and it's called toxic positivity. It's the idea, and it's, it's people who just like, hey, just be positive. Just think happy thoughts. Just do this. And really, at the root of that is that though externally, it's, it sounds like you're trying to be helpful to another person. It doesn't meet that person where they're at. So we talked about you know false ways of addressing it. And I, one false way of addressing it is if you're, some, if you're with someone who's dealing with the holiday blues, isn't just to tell them isn't to deny them the human experience of sadness and depression Mm -hmm. because scripturally sadness, depression is a very real part of the human experience. So it doesn't help. And and what I've learned for me is like, because I find myself being quote unquote toxic positive, right? Just telling people, Hey, come on, just, just pull pick up your boots. It's fine. Let's just, let's just think of happy thoughts. Let's just think of all the things that we should be thankful for and just never meeting a person where they're at. If I do that in my heart, what I realized is that I've lost patience. I, I'm making it about me. I was like, I'm really tired of you being like this now. And it, it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. And so I actually really appreciate that you brought that up because for the person who's going through it, I think they should know that it's okay. That that's part of the human experience. And on the person who who maybe runs into it in another with another person, a bad way of dealing with that is just to deny that person that experience. Because that'd be like telling Jesus, hey, <laughs> It's fine, man. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is where I think the, this, the, these tensions really begin to connect, right? Because the scripture actually tells us, it commands us to rejoice. Yeah. Right? We are commanded to rejoice. To rejoice is to have an attitude of delight in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you think about Jesus and what he's going through. And you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says that for the, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Mm-hmm. Right, he had joy set before him. He saw the joy at the end. So, in a sense, he really was able to say, "I am going to be okay." Right, right. But listen to what it says. He says, "Despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Jesus had this expectation of joy. Mm-hmm. He he saw a bigger picture than his pain, and his loss, and his sorrow. In that bigger picture, that that joy that was set before him is what he clung to in the most difficult of times. Right. And so I think as as Christians, when we when we honestly grapple with depression and anxiety and sadness and the holiday blues and loss, we as as those who believe in a sovereign, almighty, holy God. As those who have been saved and redeemed and adopted because of the the death and resurrection of Jesus, we've been paid for by the blood of Christ. When we look with an honest assessment at our pain and our loss, we also are able to look past it and to say, this is what I'm going through and this is hard. This is terrible. Yet, I have a joy set before me because here's the deal. The joy that was set before Jesus was twofold. Mm Mm-hmm. It was the glory of God the Father, and it was the salvation of right. you. And that's what it and takes. Of me. That first, they said to me, like, this, what you're going through is hard. 
right? And so it's okay to acknowledge that that's hard. And I think for us, for as people, we we can't deny that to other people that the, what they're going through is hard. But we still need to point people to Christ because at the end of the day, it's it sounds so corny for me to say this, but it's it's become more and more of reality in my own life. We need Christ, not his principles, not his hopes and his feelings, his joys. We need the person of Christ manifested in our hearts and in our minds. And that is, he is our hope. Not, not, not the, not the principles that he teaches, not the better life that, that we can read the Bible for and try to move towards, but it's the actual person of Christ. And I think we get there, <coughs> we can help each other get there when we point towards that, you know, and pointing towards that, it's, it's so holistic, right? Because I don't think we can sit here and just be like, oh, life is terrible and there's no hope because there is hope. There's hope in Christ. But we, as people who walk alongside other people, we can't negate the fact that what someone is going through is hard. We need to let them know that, yeah, it, whatever it is that they're going through, it's hard. Maybe not necessarily for you, but it is for them. And then come alongside them and point to Christ instead of demanding mm-hmm. that they be more and more, quote unquote, yeah. Christian. So so big picture, like if, if, if you're going through that stuff, if you're experiencing that, there there are some really important ingredients that that are part of addressing right. depression. And this is this is us, not as doctors, right? Like, right. but but here here's what we would say: is man, there, there are times where it's appropriate to see a doctor, mm-hmm. right? We're not trying to say, oh, all you need is Jesus, and Jesus, is, like, and none of the other things that God's provided in this world. No, that is dangerously right. So yeah, there are times where that's, that's appropriate. Right. There are other things, right? Like, guess what? Exercise is really useful. Right. Like. God actually made our bodies to move and, and he wants us to take care of them. And so oftentimes one of the solutions when you're, when you're struggling in those holiday blues is just to get your body moving. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could speak to this better than I can. Oh yeah. Um, things like community. If, if you're going through it alone, one of the best things you can do is, is find a friend to say, Hey, life's tough. Find, find someone that prays with you and walks with you. Mm-hmm. All of those little things, all not even little things, all of those things are important. But I think what we're trying to say today is the the biggest ingredient as you walk through the holiday blues, as you walk through the 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 depression, the difficulty, the anxiety, the biggest ingredient to solving that is Jesus. Right. And and his principles are good, like you said, but more than that, you you need to know him. Right. To know his death and resurrection, to know the power of his person in your life. That, that's what it looks like. Yeah. The idea of Christmas, and I, I, I said this last week in the message, and I, I stand by it right now, that it's not Jesus coming into human history was after 400, 400, 450, it was 400 years of silence, right? God moving in the background, and, and for a long time, the nation of Israel was just wondering, God, what are you doing? Where are you? What's going on? And then Christmas and then Jesus showed up. Jesus entered into human history. Christmas, we say, we so flippantly just say like, yeah, it's about the birth of Jesus. It is the birth of Jesus. But that birth represents the fact that this one true idea that you should hold on to is like, you have not been abandoned. That the person of Christ draws to us. That he wants to be involved. He doesn't actually, doesn't want to be involved in all. He wants to be our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea that 
if you're listening to this, I just I want you to know, like, because it's not it's not about the gifts, it's not about commercialism, it's not even about family. You have not been abandoned. Our God loves you so much that He sent His Son after you, after you. And so, yeah, whatever it is, like the holiday blues, like it sucks. It's hard. A lot of things are broken right now. But we look towards Christ because He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. And I, man, I'm I'm challenged by that. I, I've been reading so many different things as of late, and I think as Christians we miss the boat when we say like, "Oh, I want a good family. That's why I go to church and I study the Bible so I can live the principles of the Bible that Jesus taught, so I can have this blessed life and all these things." We're missing the boat. It's not about the things that He teaches. It's about Christ Himself manifested in your life, so that you can know Him, and then through that experience, you can see Christ manifested in your the life of your family. Mm-hmm. Because each of your family members need, to, like, they just need Jesus. Yeah, and it's such a simple thing to say. You just need Jesus, but the the depth of that is so much more. And here's the thing: all of that is is done through expressing faith. Like, like that is one big exercise in stopping and saying, "I am not God. I am not in control. I cannot fix this. I cannot manipulate this. I cannot control this. But I believe that God is." God, that he is the sovereign, holy, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, just and loving God. I think maybe if I was going to bring this to one final scripture, I would look at Psalm 46, verse 10. This is a psalm about God being God, that, that he will be exalted, that he will be praised, that he will be seen as God. But verse 10, it's got this line, right? And you're familiar with it. It says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still in your pain, in your sorrow, in your anxiety, in your worry, in your frustration, in all of the pressures of life that that mount up against you. Be still and know that God is God. And nothing happens in your life that's not from his hand. He, He uses everything for the purpose of transforming you to become more like his son Jesus so even the difficulties you're facing even the sorrow he's using that be still and know that he is God amen amen so there it is I mean if you're de- if you're suffering from the holiday blues yeah it is hard but be still and know that God is there that's that's such a powerful thing because I know the holidays blues it sucks because it is a time of expectations and stuff. But I, I hope for you, the listener, man, I hope that you know that you are you are known and you are loved by our God. And I, and I, you know if you're listening to this and you don't you don't suffer from the holiday blues, man, that's awesome. That's that's great. I uh, <laughs> man, I like majority of my life like I don't have depression. I'm not that sad that often, you know, but I'm, I live amongst a lot of people who deal with a lot of different things. And I think it just, it's just a reminder to like, we just need to be sensitive and to patiently walk with people in that and point them to Christ. That is our call for during mm-hmm. this, these times. So I think that's it for, for the week, Mike, we're coming up on time. Awesome. Right here. So I'm, man, we just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Very Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, we've got some plans for the future. Mike, do you kind of want to roll out what our plans are for the podcast the next few weeks yeah. and then next year? Yeah. So the next few weeks, we're, we're going to kind of continue our habit to take a few weeks off. <laughs> yeah. We're really, we're going to be consistent in not recording. <laughs> so our, our plan is to, um, to kind of catch up a little bit. We'll probably record a few. Um, so we've got some in the bank so we can make sure we're releasing them every week. Yeah. And then we're going to have a new theme. We're going to start off the new year. So we'll launch back up the first week in January and uh, we'll launch with a, an interview of uh, the executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention. And we'll use that first week to just talk about our connection and a broader picture of what's happening yes. in the Northwest and in the world. And then from there, we're going to launch into um, maybe another book where we're going to handle it kind of chapter by chapter, just working through. Uh, we've got a few ideas, but I think what we're going to end up on, um, actually, I, I think we can say this, we'll probably do who I am. Okay. Or who am I is what it is called I? by Jerry Bridges. It's a yeah, book yeah. that we've recommended to, to Valley as a whole. And it just walks through like the, the work of the gospel in our identity. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably work on that for about eight weeks and then we'll go from there. But our, our goal is to be consistent every week starting in 2020. So there we are. That's that's the plan. So the next time you actually hear us, it'll be next year. Yeah. That joke never gets old for me. I love saying that. You like especially that. Especially on Christmas. Oh, next year I'll work out. Next year I'll do whatever. Next year. So, but anyway, man. Next year's 2020. I, it is. That's so crazy. You that, believe 2000 was only 20 years ago? Yeah. That meme, right? <laughs> 2000 was only 20 years ago, but also 1980 was only 20 years ago. Also, just a tidbit. <coughs> Shrek One came out in two thousand and one, so we're coming up almost twenty years. Wow! Since that, I, I suddenly feel much older because of that. Anyway, we're done. I think that's it, Mike. I love that we end with prayer. Would you? Would you pray for our listeners? Yeah. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. That you are God, and God, I pray that you would allow whoever's listening right now, Lord, that they would that they would be quiet, they would be still. And they would come before you with all the ups and downs of life, all of the pressures. And they would remember that you are faithful and that you are God. And as they do that, even in, even in the holiday blues, even in depression, I pray that they would sense your love and your care. I pray supernaturally that they would trust that you, you are with them by your spirit living in them. And God, I pray that they would, they would trust you in a way that brings glory to Jesus that, that remembers his death and resurrection, that finds joy even in the difficulty. And we pray this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen.